Tampa Bay Buccaneers are Super Bowl 55 champions, led by Tom Brady. And that's it, it's over. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. Dodgers have won it all in 2020. Time down, the Lightning win the Stanley Cup. They have reached the top of the mountain. They are the Stanley Cup champs. This is For Future Considerations, episode 33. How you doing, everyone? This is our second episode of the week. We call this The OT. My name's Manny, and as always, the guys are here along for the ride. And boy, what a ride it will be today. Matt Dumichel, John Rashad. Matt, how you doing? I'm. Uh, this is the OT, and we're going to talk about, really, one of the great overtime goals in the history of the sport of hockey. In the history of all of junior hockey, one of the greatest title runs ever in the history of junior hockey. Right, John Rashad? That's right. Yeah, this week, this week was Bobby Orr's diving goal, right, right. against St. Louis. Yeah. Bobby Orr said the biggest goal he ever saw was scored by our guest in the overtime <laughs> coming up here. Actually, I wouldn't doubt it. I, I wouldn't doubt it. <laughs> you finally in the building. Oh, this is a great tea. If, if you missed our last episode, we had some great topics that we touched on, too. Maybe not so much... Bobby Orr-esque, but we had some great conversations, some great hot takes about your boy Bob Baffert, uh-huh. Wayne Gretzky, Connor McDavid, Tim Tebow, Russell Westbrook, just to name a few. Yeah, so uh, make sure that you go back wherever you listen to podcasts. If you haven't uh, taken a listen to episode 32, uh, John was outstanding in that episode. I thought he outstanding. was just the character guy that he is. You can find Easily all of one of stuff. the top 32 episodes for him. Oh, it had to be. Yeah, had easily. to be. Maybe bottom Three, but one of the top 32. I took the same performance enhancer that Medina Spirit was on, so I think that's why I was on my game. That's right right out of the gate. You could tell something was a little bit different with John. He had a little twitch or something. I don't know. But (laughs) I just want to know who rubbed the lotion on you then. (laughs) Or the ointment. Sorry, the ointment. You're you're turning this into a Buffalo Bill conversation. (laughs) It rubs the lotion on its skin. It does this whenever it's told. Oh, man. Uh, You can find some other great content as well on uh, social media. Podcast, FFC on Twitter and Instagram and on Facebook at For Future Considerations. You can also send us an email at forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We love hearing from listeners who comment on the show or have some show ideas, like Zach. He wanted to know about our favorite sports jerseys. We've talked about this before, but he was asking the question because Michael Jordan's game-worn North Carolina jersey sold for $1.38 million. Guys, would you pay that kind of money for a jersey? If I was a billionaire, maybe. Yeah, yeah. If that was like me going out and, and spending 20 bucks on, on anything else, you know, maybe. But uh, for just a game-worn jersey, like uh, from what I was reading, it wasn't like, you know, what a, a record-breaking night or, you know, like one of his the championship, the night of the championship jersey. It was just a jersey that he wore. So he just some dirty laundry hanging in your room. <laughs> Sweat that's <laughs> however old now for $1.38 million. I don't know. I want so um, the Owen Sound Attack had a third jersey one year. They had the Mercury jerseys. Yes. You remember the Mercury yes. jerseys? Yeah. They're fantastic, right? So on that night, uh, the Attack Pack 
the fan club, was raffling off an autographed Wayne Simmons L.A. Kings jersey. Nice. Right? So some guy in the media room won it. And I'm like, I'll take that off your hands. How much? And he's like, you can get me a Mercury's jersey. Okay. And I'll give you this Wayne Simmons jersey. Wow, that's a fair deal. And I'm like, done. Yeah, yeah. I bought a Mercury's jersey for him. Yep. Bought one for me at a discount. And then got the Wayne Simmons autographed jersey. Jeez, that was a good haul for you. Yeah, I didn't have to pay $1.38 million. that guy on that trade? Easily. Who was that? (laughs) I think he's selling cars now, trying to make up some money. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't know much about hockey, apparently. No. And uh, speaking of the Owen Sound Attack, May 15th marks the 10th anniversary of the Owen Sound Attack winning their first ever Ontario Hockey League championship. Helis wins it to Shemitz. His shot does not get through. Hits a body. Coming through his brace. Throws it in front. Maiden Schmitz scores! The Ontario Hockey League championship! Jared Maiden's on the doorstep! I don't believe it! The Hershey Center goes wild! Champion. 22 years in the making, and the Owen Sound Attack win it in overtime. I don't believe it. Oh, baby. The first round draft pick at 327 of overtime, Jared Maiden. Battles for the loose puck in front of the net. It's over. Owen Sound wins the OHL championship in game seven in overtime. That was Manny losing his mind with our good friend Fred Wallace calling the game-winning goal in overtime of Game 7 back on May fifteenth, 2011. And the young man who scored that goal for the attack, Jared Maidens, joins us now on Four Future Considerations. Hi, Jared. Thanks for joining us. What's up, guys? Thanks for having me. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for being on the show. How have you been? I've been good. I've been good. Hanging in there, doing the best I can during these these crazy times and uh, trying to stay sane and uh, stay healthy. So, it's uh, yeah, how about you guys? Doing well? Things are awesome with this. Everybody's good. We're, we're happy and healthy, and, and we can't believe it was 10 years ago that, that you scored that right. goal. Can you believe it was 10 years ago that, uh, that you were able to pot that goal and win Owen Sound's OHL championship? Ah, it's crazy. I was just thinking about that as you were saying it. I'm like, 2011. Like, that's, time flies. It's a, it's a bit scary sometimes, and you, I guess it teaches you to cherish uh, moments moving forward. But, uh, yeah, that's insane. I look forward to chatting more about it. It's nice to kind of bring back those memories. It's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, we'll talk about that goal and that moment in history. But, um, well, what do you remember about that Owen Sound team? Like, during that time, 10 years ago, what do you remember about that? Mm-hmm. Well, we had that, that chat recently with all the boys on the Zoom call, which was which was awesome. And I think they summarized it pretty awesome. They're saying we're just a bunch of <laughs> who is it? I don't know if it was Shazi saying a bunch of misfits. And uh, it just the chemistry. It's just one of the uh, going in that year. I like we were saying we weren't really one of the well, we weren't one of the favorites at all. And um, I think it was just it was really cool. I think we kind of came in under the radar. And like I said, in order to have a, a successful team, you got to have a bunch of different pieces to the uh, to the puzzle. And I think. It just worked out perfectly that way, the way the management made trades there last second, um, all the way down, even just personalities on the team. I think everyone just got along so well, and you see a lot of teams that win the, the Stanley Cup. You hear guys talking about how they you know, would, would jump in any, any shot for their uh, their teammate, and that's kind of the team that 
that we had. And we had older guys, which is amazing too. I mean, I'm a 16 year old kid playing with uh, Helos and McNardi, the two overages. So that was pretty a pretty neat experience. I mean, that's some good exposure and good development. Yeah, you had the opportunity uh, yourself, Jamel Smith, Curtis Gabriel would have been rookies on that team, as you mentioned, uh, Hish, Garrett Wilson, Andrew Shaw, Jordan Bennington. What was it like playing with those guys, and, and how did you, uh, stepping into that kind of position, uh, adapt or, or get comfortable in the Ontario Hockey League? Yeah, it was it was a huge eye-opener for sure. I mean, you hear how, how like skilled the level is, um, but I don't think you realize that until you actually make that jump from minor hockey. Um, I remember just the first practices, you know, you get a shot on net and you, you do a drive-by and go to the corner and then there's Mark Reed's yelling at me like, stop on the net. <laughs> so it's just, it's, it's <laughs> those, uh, you know, those good habits that you never usually had as a kid growing up, right? So, um, and then just seeing that the guys push you or you'll have Hish, you know, there's the competitive Hish and they're just giving it to you when you miss a pass to them and uh, a breakout drill in, uh, in practice. So it's like, you know, I feel like I was ner- more nervous for practices sometimes in the games. Uh, <laughs> Man, but- it sounds like a great time. That- <laughs> I, I haven't been excited to go to the rink every day. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was, it was it was good. It was awesome. A uh, lot of development that year, but the guys they were they're amazing. I mean, just sitting there, even just taking it in and watching them, like I said, at practices and um, just really learning what I can. Those guys are amazing. I mean, I'm pumping Hitchens tires here, but just watching him dangle like three guys at once in a drill. I mean. <laughs> Hishin the, magi- Hish the magician, right? Like, was there one or two guys that really helped you get adapted? Because, as you mentioned, it was your rookie year. You were a 16-year-old. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the guys stepped up. And I'm sure, um, you know, Mark Reed's really encouraged that as well, um, you know, for the leaders to, to help out the young guys as well. I think, I don't know the exact number, but for an older group, we did have a lot of rookies from what I from what I remember. I don't know as far as, you know, dressing or percentage-wise that way, but we did have a lot of new faces as well, like you're saying, me, Gabriel, Smith, I, you know, a bunch more. So, um, McNardi, Helis, guys like that, even like, um, you know, Blacker um, would come in through uh, intermissions. I don't know why, I just remember that. He just, you know, encouraged me with some stuff and, you know, whether I was struggling a bit. Um, you know, a bunch of the guys and just saying, hey, man, like, you know, keep your composure, you know, just do the little things what we talked about. And um, So, yeah, it was, it was really neat that way. I mean, from coaching level to the players. Did you have an OH welcome to the OHL moment? Do you remember a welcome to the OHL moment? Besides practice and <clears throat> Hish and giving it to you, right? So, <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of uh, a story there that uh, I mean, I got to watch that I don't don't say too much on here. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, was, it was pretty good. I think we had the the one funny one where you had like a little competition on the ice, and then whoever lost or whatever one of the rookies had to go down and slide, you know, basically on your butt along the ice. There, I didn't feel too good. <laughs> uh, a little ice burn, <laughs> but just some some funny stuff, some good some good humor and uh, and all that. But I'm trying. We had the classic, you know, the party where you, you know, the rookies have their uh, their vet. I think mine was uh, Brendan Childerly, so I don't know if it was the old putting the gingers together, but <laughs> he uh, he rasped pretty good. It was just funny. The head coach of that team was Mark Reeds, who you mentioned. Uh, we lost him to cancer in 2015. And Mark gets a lot of credit for helping lead that team to the championship. What do you remember about him as a coach? Um, I mean, he, he found ways to get the best out of you. I don't know, the picture in my head that came up first was just the little the little notes he would make of each player on the other team. And, like, everywhere you'd walk, you'd see it on the doorway. I mean, I'd go do my my pregame in the washroom and I, I'd open up, I shut the stall door and there's the paper again <laughs> right on inside the stall door. <laughs> it's like every single guy's name, like what they, their points, 
what they've been doing lately. Are they hot? They're cold. Like I've never seen a coach go into that much detail. And I think that's kind of the best way that I could, you know, really paint that picture for who Mark Reed is and just the way he studied the game. Um, he was just, yeah, the, he just picked it apart. I mean, it's, it was amazing how his intellect and his mind worked with just a little stuff as far as, um, you know, when you're cutting off passes where your stick should be. I mean, like these little things I never even thought about playing minor hockey. You just think about skating, you know, these roots, but he's like, okay, your stick should be here based on what way that guy shoots. And it's just, that's who he was. And I mean, he found, like the guy said before on that Zoom call, he found ways to, to think positive even during, a, you know, adversity or hard times, make, you know, a, you know, a funny joke or a, some kind of humor. Uh, so, yeah. Putting a list on the back of the door is uh, pretty smart. That's a good use of downtime. What else are you going to do with that time? <laughs> uh, that was smart. That was some smart advertising there. Found out where, you know, guys are spending most time and <laughs> really study the notes. <laughs> uh, Jared Maidens is our guest, uh, formerly of the Owen Sound Attack. Game 7 hero from the 2011 OHL Championship, which we're remembering here on the OT for, for future considerations. Uh, and I know you've mentioned it a few times. Rogers TV up in Owen Sound is replaying all seven games, and that includes a special edition of a Attack Wrap with a Zoom call that I was fortunate to host with Jared and the rest of that team. But let me ask you, like, we talked about all those guys that were on that team, like Andrew Shaw, Bennington, you mentioned the other names. Um, when did you guys know that that was going to be a special season, or at least you? Right? It was your first year in the OHL. When did you know that that, I think you guys won nine of your first 11 games. Like, when did you guys know that this year might be a pretty bit good year in 2011? Yeah, I mean, going in, like I said, we were, uh, you know, I don't want to say low expectations, but like, as far as the, the previous years, it wasn't like they were finishing um, crazy high. Obviously, the guys were competitive and wanted to win, and they were finally healthy. I think a lot of times it was unhealthy uh, rosters that held them back in the past. But um, I would say it's hard to pick a for sure date. I know we have our standings in the room with games played, wins, losses, and we, you know, we'd see ourselves climbing. And then I think after Christmas time, when I realized, okay, this is not a fluke. Like this, this is a team that competes um, day in and day out. Um, and, and comes, you know, you win, you lose, you lose one or one or two, and then you come back and you, you know, have a streak of a bunch of wins. So um, I think that's what made it so special was, um, you know, there was some failure, but you learned from it and you came back even stronger. So, I mean, when that kept happening, I was like, okay, this is a, a pretty, a pretty uh, awesome team. And I mean, for me to come in there and, you know, have trouble trying to, you know, make the first, first three lines, I, I saw right away that how stacked this team was with older guys. So it was, it was cool. Yeah. Like some, media guys had you finishing ninth like did you guys have bulletin board material that year oh i remember us hearing like a bunch of like those predictions and i think it just it fired us fired us up we loved it and uh you know when you have a play with a chip on your shoulder and and things to prove um i mean you can use it for a lot of good stuff and i think that's what we what we did yeah, so you get through the uh, the playoffs, uh, beat London in the first round in six games, you sweep Plymouth in the semifinals, then beat the Spits, who are the defending champs in the OHL in five games in the Western Final before facing Mississauga. Uh, going into that series, what do you remember about that playoff run? Like just uh, going into the playoffs in general, like even first series? Yeah, even all the way through, you know, when you you face London, obviously a a big rival for you guys, uh, sweep Plymouth, you get the defending champs, you take them out in five games, like you guys uh, were were rolling from from day one through the playoffs. How did you see the team change or or did you take uh, take it up a notch from there? Yeah, well, we were, it was was 0-2, correct? Like with London, like we we lost the first, 
I, I think you were even one and one with London. Oh, one one. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's see this is how far uh, I'm beating myself back. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, going into that was a tough team, and that was the first round, and and we we saw the um, you know the competition early in those that that series. I mean, they were a competitive team. Um, I think they could have done a lot more damage after that if they made it by us. But I think there was like, okay, you know, we have. I felt like we have you know some work to do if this is the first round, and you know we're having this much of a battle. But it's crazy how we we got through them, and it just seemed. Like you said, the ball got rolling, and um, it was just a snowball effect and, and getting bigger and bigger and, you know, walking through these teams. And um, the thing I like about these guys is, you know, a lot of times you can let that get to your head, but it, it seemed that they never let that happen. Uh, everyone stayed humble and just kept pushing forward with it, and I think that was, you know, obviously credit to, to Mark Reeds, Terry uh, Virtue, coaching staff, and everyone else just to, to keep our minds um, on the right path. We're, we're still young kids, even the older guys, right? We're still younger, and it's easy to – to get ahead of yourself. So, um, yeah, I just, I remember walking through everybody and going to that, that finals, obviously we can talk about it a bit more, however you guys want to structure that. But, um, yeah, it was, it was a cool, cool journey. And the, the support from the fans was definitely, uh, they were one of the, one of the teammates. And that was actually my next question. You faced Mississauga in the final and you lost the first two games, but then you went on to win four of the next five. Were you guys still loose after those first two games? Yeah, I'm trying to think. We, I'm not sure the exact breaks in between. I know that's another factor too, right? When you're walking through teams, um, you know, and sweeping and then you're waiting for another series um, to finish up, you got to find ways to, you know, um, you know, keep fresh and keep going. The bodies were definitely... Definitely hurt, and I mean, everyone's going through it, all the other teams as well. That was my first year, and I don't think I was ready for, for how, uh, how tough the, the playoffs are. You're going every other every other night, and, um, you know, like I said, minor hockey, just have tournaments here and there. And uh, my body was getting pretty pretty beat out and worn, even from some injuries during the season. So, um, thankfully, I found ways to, you know, fix the diet and take some supplements in, but um, that helped with the recovery. But I think everyone, I, I can't even complain. If I was feeling like that, I can't imagine the – the older guys who were, um, you know, getting tons of ice time and, and just making it happen for us. So, um, yeah, they just they pushed through it. I mean, they were beat up afterwards and they finally let loose. But those guys were they were going. You know. I, you mentioned that Zoom call that we had. Did I hear right that guys went golfing even though you were down two nothing in the final series? I guess so. I was kind of a little hurt. What to were hear you that. doing? What I'm were a big you golfer. Doing? I didn't get the invite. I was the young guy. I, uh, the, the older boys. Um, I get out once in a while with them after. I think as they, they got to know me a bit more, I got the, the invite when Hish uh, signed his sticks and got us out to Cobble Beach. So, uh, But, yeah, I didn't know about that one. They probably kept it uh, on the down low for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But a sign that you guys were fairly loose, I guess. And I know you were guaranteed a spot in the Mem Cup because Mississauga was hosting and you were facing them in the final. Did that ever creep into your mind that way? Or? Yeah, I, I, we, we've talked about it. We know like it's pretty cool experience to know once you're in that final that, okay, we're you know, both teams from the OHL uh, division, we're, we're going to the Mem Cup. But, um, I mean, like I said, when you've got a bunch of these guys who are, are so successful now and, and competitive, I think when you have your mindset on that, we just want to win it all. Like, we want to – We've gotten this far. Like, let's do it. Let's let's smash them. So, um, I mean, that's uh, yeah. That was the type of team, and uh, we just had our eyes fixed on that. And the Mem Cup was a, a special uh, bonus with it. And then we just try to try to keep our minds set on the uh, the OHL Cup there. 
Yeah, and speaking of the uh, the OHL final there, so again, you win Game 6 in Owen Sound to force Game 7 in Mississauga on a Sunday afternoon. Uh, that arena, the Hershey Center, packed with Owen Sound fans. So what do you remember about getting ready for Game 7 and the Bayshore South and, and coming out to, for warm-ups even and seeing like three-quarters of that building being filled with attack fans? Yeah, it was... Uh we didn't realize, like we know, obviously through through Helen and the attack pack and everybody rounding up on buses from the previous games, we appreciated everything that that they've done, and we know that they're so committed to to being, uh, you know, with us and helping us win. But we never even, I never even imagined seeing that. Um, I think it was an extra boost. I think it was even more special that we didn't really expect that and didn't see that. It was kind of like a little burst of, okay, you know what, this is almost like our home barn here. We got this, and. Uh, I had a lot of butterflies going into it. I was always that kind of player where, you know, going to the games, I, you know, I'm a little nervous, but, you know, more excited. And then just to be able to skate around, you see everyone with their, the white, it seemed like it was always the white, those, uh, the old, old school white attack jerseys there. And even who was the guy with the, the beard and the painted face? Like I, I loved his. He had the flag too, right? Yeah. 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 And I remember just, he was there just seeing him, he was waving it around. I'm like, all right, here we go. We're doing it. So, yeah. So you were nervous, huh? Before game seven? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> I was, uh, I, yeah, I always put too much pressure on myself. I mean, kind of helped me get ready for for games growing up as a kid. But I was always yeah, getting pretty hyped. You'll be happy to know that the man with the flag still goes to the games every game. He's waving that thing around. Does he? That's awesome. Yep. Center ice each game. No shoulder injury yet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. And then, even though you're nervous, you have a great game. You scored twice. Once in regulation and, of course, the winner in OT. Um, what was said between the third and overtime? Was anything said in the room? Uh, I mean, we. I remember a couple plays um, You know, near the end of the third there where we almost kind of cough stuff up. I remember I joked around with you before when we were chatting that I think I was one of the guys who <laughs> coughed up the puck and uh, they went down on a, a break. I think it was like a, almost a breakaway. Um, but I think just Mark going in there and everyone just saying, hey guys, we've been, you know, I know this is a big game, but we've been here, you know, throughout this this whole year, you know, even though it wasn't a championship game and other other games, we've still, we've prepped, we've done it all. Um, you know, we've practiced, just, just go out there and, and be you and be the player you are. So, um, I think that was a big thing, um, and just keeping us us focused, like always, and in, in going out there, and, and just staying composed and um, and relaxed. So, yeah. What do you remember about the uh, the overtime goal? I just remember it being, uh, well, I can. It was a face off, so it goes back, and then it went. I just remember skating in the net, and then the puck was kind of sitting there, and it was the weirdest. I always joke around saying it was my worst best goal ever and uh, I just I whacked at it like I think my I didn't even have my hands properly on my stick I just like did a golf chip and I remember I didn't even get anything on it it wasn't in the air it was just sliding and I remember um you know the goalie's pad just almost getting that post but a perfect little gap and the puck just slid through almost like when you have those intermission games with the NHL where you shoot the puck through that little like goalie hole that's like what I what I saw and I just threw my hands up and I, I was never good at celebrating I was always just a simple throw the hands up and start Screaming, so I went to the boards, and then the boys came out of nowhere and and started tackling me, and I ended up losing a, a contact actually in my eye because like I was blind the whole like, ceremony after, like because I, I don't see too well. So yeah, that was uh, it was it was insane. It was, was that puck 
moving as slowly for you into the net as it was for the broadcasters? Or oh, maybe slower, maybe slower. <laughs> I, I didn't know it was going to get there. I honestly didn't know it was going to get there. It was it was crazy slow. Like time went in slow motion. Literally, it was it was neat. Who was the first guy to bear hug you or jump on you? I thought it sounded like Wilson was trying to take credit for uh, zooming over there, but I thought maybe it wasn't Brace. It might, it might have been Willie then. Maybe it was his big pause that hit me in the eye and I didn't know it. <laughs> Garrett, Garrett Wilson jokes that he, even though he was on the bench, he was the first guy to maidens to celebrate the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Heels, Heelis wins the draw. Bracer feeds it out in front. I think Shemich was at the point and fed it down low or something like that. And Bracer yeah. threw it out in front to you. Yeah. Yeah. Just getting the puck to the nut there and, uh, yeah, the rest was history, so it was, it was neat. Like I said, I just happened to be the the guy that scored uh, scored that goal, but I uh, can't take credit for the <laughs> the season getting there. So I mean, uh, the boys boys are something special. Biggest goal of your career? Yeah, by far, by far. I've had some some cool experiences, even you know, playing with with Team Canada at the U18s, but this by far was 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 amazing. So you were celebrating that win, and then there was that impromptu celebration being organized to no one sound, and then there were fans lining up at Highway 10 at Primrose to wave to the bus. Uh, what do you remember about that, and what were you thinking about that when you saw it? Uh, I remember just being like, I forget how far out we were. Like, driving to Owen Sound, you never know <laughs> how close you are, because all, it all looks the same. It's hilarious. So I remember <laughs> <laughs> we're on a highway, and we see people like on the sides, and we're like, are we close? Like, are we, are we 10 minutes out? And they're like, no, we still got 50, 45 minutes to, to get to the arena. So, I mean, when, when I realized that, I was like, oh, this is pretty, pretty special, pretty neat stuff. And uh, they had the cars going out, the convertible, a couple of the guys were on that. I got the trophy. Everyone's just cheering inside the, uh, the bus. I mean, it was an atmosphere that we've not, I've never experienced that whole year, you know, um, just, you know, we had all those wins and, you know, you never have something like that where everyone's just finally kind of took a deep breath and relaxed, I feel like. And everyone's just kind of, you know, okay, we can, settle down here and just enjoy yourselves. Looking back uh, in your junior career in Owen Sound, uh, two seasons there, uh, what do you remember about the town and uh, and the fan base and uh, and your your thoughts on your time in uh, the city of Owen Sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, I love the community for, for its hockey support. Um, I love being able to go to a rink and you know that everyone's going to, to be there every night and they're going to jam-pack that that arena. I mean, it was, was an older one compared to other rinks, but I, I feel like you know, you'd take that atmosphere any day over, you know, an empty new arena. So um, they're awesome. I love the small community people. Like I said, uh, the boot and play, the good old Brecky there. Yeah, you're, going, yeah, uh, yeah. you're going to the bowling alley with the boys on uh, a bowling night, and then you're doing movie night Tuesdays, I think it was. So um, it definitely kept us closer together, too. I believe that's definitely a, a contributor to it as well, just that, that close-knit community, the boys staying together, not being able to, to spread out and, and do their own thing. and. Um, and just having, you know, seeing people around and then just cheering you on and, and saying, hey, you know, we're, we're supporting you and we're rooting for you. So um, really, really awesome town. Really great yeah, people. You could have been mayor. Like, I think there were actually signs, maidens for mayor, after you scored that goal. I saw I saw the one when we went into the, the arena after for the, when they had that big, huge party there, and I saw a guy holding up the sign on cardboard, and I was, I was dying. I never, <laughs> <laughs> caught me so off guard. I was like, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And and did you still feel that support? I know your junior hockey career, your hockey career overall didn't end the way you like it after suffering the concussion, but did you did you feel that support during that injury? 
Yeah, yeah, just with the um, with the, like the, the concussion injury you're talking. Yeah, because I had a I had my psoas before, which I tore my first year. Um, that was tough, and then I had the the second one, obviously that ended it all, like you said. And I felt a lot of love and a lot of love and support through that. I mean, it was almost harder on on me just the way I, I had to go out and how to deal with stuff. I feel like there was never proper closure for me. Like I I always wanted to try and try and get back, so I never wanted to. To, you know, say any words of you know, it's finally ending for me. So I kind of kept that that door open, which I think maybe some fans were like, "Where the heck? Where's Maidens? What's he doing? Is he is he hiding?" And I it just I was trying to heal up, and I went through through a lot of stuff, and um, I definitely felt the support through the team as well, with you know just seeing doctors and, and stuff that way, and, and helping, and um, you know Andy was there, and um, some other people, and just to uh, to try and walk through some stuff. So I mean, still got some some headaches and stuff that I got to manage. So. Never fully went away, but um, yeah, definitely a lot of support. Really. So, how did you overcome that? Uh, obviously, that's that's a real unexpected and, and life altering uh, event, and not just necessarily uh, the the hockey standpoint, but the health and, and well being of yourself as a, as a young man. How did you overcome uh, the the concussion and those injuries, and and uh, move past the the fact that uh, that your hockey career uh, ended when it did? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. Like you're a young, I'm a young kid. There, you know, all hockey guys. That's all we know. We're we're usually bred into hockey families or sports families, and you know that's what you do and that's what you're good at. And um, you know, <laughs> you're going to the rink every day, and you're not really doing much else. So um, to have that taken away, and then try to find my you know self on another path, it, definitely a lot of questions. Um, you know, in life, and um, just sitting here talking about it, I think about the uh, I know Hockey Ministries International. I owe a lot to them. Um, that they do a lot of chapels for, you know, OHL teams, AHL, NHL. And um, we had our chapels, you know, each week. And I know, I think Phil Reed, my buddy Phil Reed's there. I still keep in touch with actually. Amazing guy. Um, just support from, like, those guys and uh, just being able to find myself um, through my, you know, faith as a Christian. I, you know, I don't try to be too preachy about it. I, you know, but I like to touch on it because I definitely, I, I owe a lot to it. And um, they have a lot of slogans through HMI. It's, you know, basically more than a game. And, you know, just asking those more questions. And I think it's, it, you know, I definitely, I grew as a, as a man. Um, and it was hard. You know, you want to see yourself play play the sport you love and, and be able to make a living out of it. But at the end of the day, there's there's a lot more and, um, to life. And, um, you know, what, after, if you make the NHL, you still got to come to to an end. And even a guy like, uh, well, Andrew Shaw, he just, what, retired, uh, what, 29? Mm, or, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely make a good living doing it. But then there's, there's, there's more life after. So, yeah. Well, kudos to you. Like you go from the high of scoring the winning goal, and then having you know getting drafted by the Ottawa Senators still, and trying to fight back from this injury, and uh, and yet it, you know, you've overcome that and grown as an individual, grown as a man. Like that's not easy to do, Jared. No, no, it's not. I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice. So um, I, uh, you know. I definitely believe, you know, perseverance, you know, builds, builds character and um, just be able to push through it. And then I think, you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit sometimes when we, we go through stuff and then we look back on it and, you know, we, you know, there's a lot, a lot better out of it than what we thought when we were going through it. Um, I mean, it was tough to see the light at the end of the tunnel, you know, during it. Even Hishin had, had his issues with the concussions. I remember we would always call each other in text and it was like, hey, man, like, how you feeling? What are you, what are you going through? So even that, it was nice to have another guy that I could relate to. Um, on that level of, of going through these these symptoms, um, but yeah, it was you know he would test to that as well. It was it's a it's a battle mentally, not just physically, but mentally pushing through it. 
And I think a lot of fans will be interested to know, what are you doing now? Um, what path are you on and what have you been up to? Yeah, so I took I took a little bit of a break after it all. I mean, it was really, it was a bittersweet experience um, after just to be able to, I love seeing guys moving on, but then, you know, there was that bitter feeling of like, oh man, like I, you know, could have been me, but I mean, I don't like to play those games too much in my head, the, you know, could have, would have, should have type thing. I, there's a purpose and, uh, you know, a reason for why I was going through it, but I ended up, after I took a break from the hockey, I got back into the training and coaching side, which I love. So I'm doing maintenance hockey development in the Niagara area, training kids. I mean, that was a learning curve itself, uh, trying to figure out how to, to get, uh, you know, communicate to, to a player rather than just being the player. So. Um, that was really interesting and neat. I actually found that harder than <laughs> being the guy that's consuming the stuff and performing it than actually talking. Uh, so that was neat. And then studying uh, osteopathy. So I'm doing that in Hamilton. I'm two years in, and uh, I can't wait to get out and be able to help people. So um, that'll be nice to do some hands-on uh, manual uh, therapy. Osteopathy, what's that? That's dealing with a lot of uh, arteries, tissues, uh, basically nerves, veins, all the, the blood flow. Um, and just mechanics of the body, we very we see it as like a holistic view. So rather than just focusing on one area, we figure, okay, you know, maybe there's pain here in a knee, but you know, how is the hip or something off in the spine driving that pain? Because the the body is a, a cool uh, unit of function, how it all works together. So I mean, uh, like I was telling you earlier, I I love it because uh, hockey players or, or athletes in general, like you study mechanics and how you move on the ice or how you work out in a gym. So I feel like that kind of me and a lot of doctors I actually met through my injuries, I feel like that kind of led me to this path and having a passion for it. So it's kind of cool to see how that played out. Is is the the body or the sports science side of things the next advantage uh, uh, in the game? Uh, it, it just seems like in the last you know five years, maybe ten, and maybe it's it's been a little bit longer. You would know better than myself, but uh, that that people are so much more in tune with how the body works, what the body does, and, and like you were saying, the movement and, and things like that. Is that now becoming a, a huge advantage for some players? Yeah, I think it's massive. Um, I, I don't know the exact guy, but one of my buddies is a trainer, and I think he was talking to someone who was the Anaheim, might have been the Anaheim Ducks, but they were saying how they're finding studies where like you can figure out a person's levels in their, their system of whether they're getting close to that burnout, and they find ways to say, okay, maybe you should take a day off this practice. We're like old school, it was like, Every day you're grinding and pushing where it's like, okay, maybe let's give this guy a break today and let him recover. And then, so I feel like there was a lot of reduction in injuries and stuff that way. So I think it's cool how science is playing into the game itself and uh, helping guys to, to get back faster. I mean, you even see with, with McDavid and his, his knee. I haven't watched that documentary yet, but I heard it's pretty pretty neat at how much he went through. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. The whole subject's fascinating, and, and we wish you all the best, Jared. Uh, right. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for talking to us. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Jared, you're trying to get out of here with uh, without asking uh, Jared what your best Manny Pava story no, is. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, you no. are. Yeah, yeah. We I, always I, save that one no, right no. for the end, and you always try to wrap it up no, one question no, early. No, no, no. I actually want to know where the puck is. Where's the puck? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where the uh, – I got the first goal puck. I'm not sure where the, that one went. I'm not sure where my gloves or my stick went either. I remember I couldn't even find them after. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, I got the jersey all framed in the garage, um, and it's hanging up there, so I can just appreciate that. And some Manny stories. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I have many. I just remember when I got my first fight. I think it was Manny, like the 16-year-old 
fight Jared Mitt. I don't know if that was you, man. <laughs> I was pumping your tires, buddy. I was pumping your tires on the air. <laughs> yeah. More surprised. So I was kind of let down to the winning. Didn't seem to that <laughs> Who was your first fight against? Do you remember? I think uh, Dubchuck on Sault Ste. Marie. I think, yeah, Carson. Oh, I just really? remember he, I remember he hit, uh, he was an older guy, but I remember he hit Peckery, and I was like, oh, man, like, I guess, I guess this is what I got to do, so I got to go stick up for him. <laughs> and I, you know, just trying to protect myself as much as possible. And you answered the bell, hey? Jared Maidens, uh, the hero from the Owen Sound attack from the 2011 OHL championship. He's got the puck. He's just not telling us about it. Uh-huh. I, I, I think that's what it is. Is, is it the game-worn jersey that you got framed from Game 7? No, I think I think it was just the regular um, regular jersey, I think, because they had the, uh, the game-worn. I'm not sure exactly. Probably, is there an OHL... Do they have a, a space somewhere for the OHL Hall of Fame stuff? I, they do. They have it at the Hockey Hall of Fame. So. Do they? Uh, okay. But I, I thought maybe you might sneak a few things. or Because uh, you might have snaked a few things, you know, that puck maybe. Or, you know, you can tell a good story that you don't have your gloves or your stick, but <laughs> you, it's hiding in that closet behind you or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Fuck back there. <laughs> <laughs> Jared Maidens, the hero. Can you believe it's been 10 years uh, how about that? that Maiden scored that goal in Game 7 for uh, to give Owen Sound that OHL championship? Thanks again to Jared Maidens for joining us on For Future Considerations. What a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, and we're going to continue to look back at some great uh, hockey memories over the next uh, couple of weeks here, so stay tuned for that. It'll give us all your feedback as well, show ideas. You can email us, forfutureconsiderations at gmail.com, on social media, podcast, FFC, on Twitter and Instagram, and on Facebook at For Future Considerations. We want to thank our sponsors on the show again this week, London Awnings, Quality That Shows. And, of course, Shane Topolovic, next Next Level Athletics in Windsor specializing in sports training. And thanks very much for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of For Future Considerations. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick demonstrations in my entire career, probably the worst. It's garbage, and the editor that let it come out is garbage. You're still here? It's over. Go home.